Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a familiar feeling Saturday here in the state of Iowa as the uh, your Iowa Hawkeyes improved to 5-1 on the season with a 20-14 to homecoming win over Purdue. Uh, and the uh, the offense <laughs> is is struggling, but hey, in heaven there is no beer. Uh, get into the swarm now, as uh, the Hawkeyes put that one away. I mean, what do you say about this game? The the defense came through uh, and, and had some really big plays. Uh, Iowa got a couple of real big plays when they needed them offensively, but this was a this was a rough one. I kind of talked all week that. You know what to expect from Iowa at this point. This is kind of what every game is going to look like, or at least every game that Iowa wins uh, from here on out, it feels like. This is how Iowa wants to play. Certainly doesn't want it to be that close or give up that late touchdown to to give Purdue a chance at the end. But um, this is, as we've seen over the last several years, the style that I was going to use to, to win games in the Big Ten West. And um, it feels like it'll mostly work. I don't know about next week in Madison, but we'll talk about that here as we move through this. Deacon Hill had a rough a rough go. Um, 6 of 21, 110 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. The interception certainly not completely his fault. Um, you know, bounced off the hands of the receiver and was, you know, kind of a lucky bounce for Purdue. But nonetheless, uh, he threw enough balls that – uh, could have been intercepted to uh, to make up for it. He uh, just sailed a lot of balls, was just amped up or only has a fastball, just doesn't have much touch, whatever it is. You know, several years of not playing in games and now all of a sudden you're doing so in front of 70,000 people screaming Hawkeye fans and maybe it's just, you know, the moment was has been too big for him, but it doesn't really feel like that. It just feels like he's got an accuracy problem. Uh, he maybe does only have that fastball, or, or at least hasn't developed the the level of touch that he's going to need to develop to be an effective quarterback. Um, I am surprised we didn't. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm not fully surprised we didn't see Joey Labus. Uh, Kirk Ferentz does not switch quarterbacks very often, and almost never does when Iowa is winning, and Iowa was winning uh, for the entirety of this game, and so. Even though Deacon Hill was struggling at times, it never felt necessary maybe to uh, to make that change. And then he did have, again, a couple of nice throws and, and the touchdown throw to Eric Hall, a great play design, a great um, play-action pass, uh, a great moment to pull that out, and uh, a nice catch and touchdown for Eric Hall. So... He had a, he had his moments, but man, it was it was rough. And if Joey Labus is healthy enough to play, I think he needs to get a look. Um, he wasn't fantastic in the bowl game, but he led Iowa to a win in that game, and certainly looked better than Deacon Hill looked for most of uh, today. But Deacon Hill uh, had that nice touchdown and didn't complete a pass to a wide receiver. Uh, Iowa had six receptions. Five of those were from Eric All, who had 97 yards and a touchdown. A nice game from Eric All. And then one from Caleb Johnson, who uh, had a 13-yard reception. That is all of Iowa's receptions. Um, I saw, I think it was Matt Benson on Twitter. Let me pull it up here quickly. Today was Kirk Ferentz's 307th game at Iowa and the first without a completion to a wide receiver. So... 
that's about all you need to know about Iowa's offense. Uh, Caleb Johnson had a great uh, comeback party. He had 200 yards against Purdue a year ago, 134 rushing uh, today, 17 touchdown, the 67-yard touchdown in the first quarter. That was uh, just so great. So great to get him back uh, after being out several weeks with an injury. And he really showed why he was the number one guy. Not the only guy who had a good day, LaShawn Williams, 13 carries, 74 yards. Um, Seth Anderson did get one carry for four yards. And Deacon Hill had a couple of sacks, lost 25 yards. Uh, so Iowa had over 200 yards rushing if you eliminate those those sacks from the total. 181 uh, officially goes in the books. But Caleb Johnson just looked really good, and it's nice to have him back. And if the offensive line is going to open up holes like they did for him a couple of times today, and, and uh, he's going to do pretty well. And if Iowa's running game can do what it did today, that's that's pretty good. You'd like to have a passing game to go with that. But, you know, at this point, you kind of feel like you're beating a dead horse talking too much about Iowa's offense or the passing game. I saw some people commenting that, you know, Brian Ferentz ultimately called a pretty good game, but, uh, you know, so many of those passes were uncatchable from Deacon Hill. And, and you know, that may be true, but the recruitment and development of quarterbacks is Brian Ferentz's responsibility also. Again, you're beating a dead horse at some point even talking about Iowa's offense. But we will do some team stats. 12 first downs for the Hawkeyes, 21 for Purdue. Uh, Purdue was 9 of 19 on third down, converted a lot of third downs. Um, Iowa's defense struggled a bit on third down, ultimately you know, more than enough to get it done. But, but they also had a lot of third downs. 3 of 13 for Iowa conversions. 291 yards total offense for the Hawkeyes, 357 for Purdue. Uh, Purdue threw for 247 yards. Hudson Card, um, you know, you can see the the talent level there. You can see some of the uh, why there's, you know, hype around him, but uh, struggled today against Iowa's defense. Threw a lot at Cooper DeGene, uh, kind of to the point where you're like, what are you thinking? Throwing that much to Cooper DeGene. Cooper DeGene with a, an interception. Jay Higgins with a big interception. Jay Higgins led the team in tackles once again, 12 Total tackles. Uh, Logan Lee had five or had ten total tackles and two sacks. Iowa had officially six sacks on the day uh, after having just three coming into the season, and so that was fantastic. It was great to see that pressure coming from uh, Iowa's defense and that you know without Noah Shannon, who could potentially be coming back uh, relatively soon. Um, Cooper DeGene, a couple of uh, punt returns. The you know. Couldn't quite get loose. Toy Taylor, six punts, uh, long of 61. And Drew Stevens, two of four. He got one blocked that was, you know, you you kind of wish I would have gone for it there instead of that long field goal, which had to be at a low angle and, and left it open to be block, being blocked. Um, with Deacon Hill, you can sneak the ball a couple of yards. You could have put that game away picking up that first down and they they didn't uh and then drew stevens missed a field goal as well uh so not a great game from him and that's too bad but defensively iowa was just fantastic and they they're gonna have to be they're just gonna have to continue to be fantastic um 110 yards rushing for purdue i didn't even you know you didn't hear um 
Tyrone Tracy's name all that many times. Four carries for eight yards for Tyrone Tracy, and, it, and he had he did have one catch for no yards, uh, according to the ESPN box score. Did feel like, especially early in the game, there was a little extra juice when he was holding on to the ball from the Iowa defense. Um, two penalties for Iowa, six for Purdue. A couple of turnovers for, you know, two to one in turnovers. And Purdue had the ball for 10 more minutes than Iowa did. So, you know, ultimately, when you look at offensive stats, it looks like Purdue should have won the game, but this is what Iowa does. Um, there was one point where my buddy Chris Hassel had a tweet where, like, you know, Iowa's quarterback is one for six with an interception and they're winning 10 to nothing. Um, that's just kind of the way it goes for this Hawkeye team, and it's the way it's going to go. All right, so let's look ahead just a little bit. Um, obviously, now what feels like the, the biggest game left on the schedule uh, at Wisconsin next Saturday, 3 o'clock. Uh, just a huge game, a huge opportunity. Uh, don't feel real confident going into that one. Not the way this offense is playing. And it feels like at some point you're going to have to make a play, make a couple of plays. feels like the defense is certainly up to the task. Special teams can't be shaky. And uh, you're going to need something from the offense at some point. You need to establish that running game. And then Deacon Hill or Joey Labus or whoever is taking snaps. Cooper DeGene, cross your fingers. Whoever that is is going to have to you know lead this offense more effectively than than it was led today. Um, and that's just kind of the bottom line, right? And that, that's how it's going to be the rest of the season. But you feel pretty confident that this style of football, I mean, you've seen this style of football beat P.J. Fleck in Minnesota, seven, you know, what, seven or eight years in a row. You've seen it beat Northwestern more often than not, uh, and that, that game will be at Wrigley Field. You've seen Rutgers not be able to, you know, field a Big Ten level program. You've seen Illinois have a really rough season and, you know, what are they going to be playing for? How bad is it going to be uh, by the time Iowa gets to that game? And then Nebraska, again, kind of the same thing. What are they going to be playing for? How bad is their season going to be? Uh, you're at Nebraska. But you've, you've seen this style of football beat this kind of Nebraska team years and years and years in a row. So outside of this Wisconsin game, you feel, again, not great that you're going to, like, run the table. I think winning all five of those games after this coming week is is probably asking too much. You probably trip up at some point. Again, with this anemic of an offense, you just you're playing with fire every week here. And so you probably aren't going to get all five of those. And so you're looking at, you know, nine and three and a nine and three season where you lost your you know, where your starting quarterback was never healthy and you lost him in the fifth game, where your biggest offensive weapon in tight end Luke Lachey uh, you know, was out. Um, you know, there's going to be plenty of excuses to be had. The bottom line is this, this offense isn't good enough. It's just not good enough. And, you know, we all know that. And that's, that's again, I've said it three times. It feels like beating a dead horse to even start talking about Brian Ferentz and this offense and the future, uh, because it's, it's mind numbing. It truly is. Um, but Hey, you're five and one. You're in in the driver's seat. You you control your destiny here. You go to Wisconsin this week, and uh, you, you have a big opportunity. You're gonna have to play a lot better offensively. You're gonna have to play a lot better to compete with this Wisconsin team, with any Wisconsin team. I don't think this is a great team or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. You're gonna have to play well to go win that game. And um, you know, maybe I'll feel differently as we move through the week. Um, you lack any confidence in this offense, uh, whether it's the scheme 
or the you know the the talent <laughs> the playmaking ability um the ability to complete a freaking pass to a wide receiver it's it's mind blowing but it is what it is and uh you're 5 and 1 and uh that's a good thing so uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll have this game covered from all angles at HawkeyeNation.com. I'll be back this week talking uh, some Wisconsin with an opposition research podcast. Joe Schmelka and myself will connect for the Hawkeye Nation radio show on Thursday night. And uh, we'll hit the next game hard. This is a big one at Wisconsin. Thank you so much for listening. And go Hawks! Go Hawks!